Did you know that some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side-by-side, -side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm Nicole Lappin, the only financial expert you don't need a dictionary to understand. It's time for some money rehab. Money Rehabbers, if you haven't already, you should check out the podcast I co-host with the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, Help Wanted. It's kind of like money rehab, but career rehab. On the show, Jason and I talk to real people with real big work questions, and we answer them. If you want some of your questions answered, you can subscribe to Help Wanted. The link is right there in the show notes. But if you want a little preview before you do so, I got you. I'm actually going to play you an episode from the show where I am said real person with a real big work problem, and I need Jason's advice. And he kind of makes me cry but in a good way, mostly. Here's the episode. This is Help Wanted, the show that tackles all the big work questions you cannot ask anyone else. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And I'm New York Times bestselling author and money expert, Nicole Lappin. The helpline is open. So Jason. So Nicole. Lately, I have been a whole hot, anxious mess. Oh, why? Actually, you've been witness to it, I think. We've been on these sales calls recently Yeah. for the whole network uh, because it's important to us because we care about our listeners and we want to be really involved in brands that we legit like. Yeah, all that is good. Also because we need to make money because otherwise this thing doesn't exist. Also because we need to make money. Otherwise, right. we have no business. We have to do it. Yeah, have to do it. And it's giving me <laughs> uh, a lot of anxiety. I hate it. <laughs> and I always, I have to like change my shirts because I'm like profusely sweating under my armpits like a truck driver. Oh, wow. You keep it very cool. I didn't know that. You didn't even know. I try. I'm like putting my nails. I have like really long crazy nails and I, I I put them in my hand to like calm myself oh at the end of these meetings I have these little like nail marks in my hand really yeah but can you tell when we're on these calls no so let's step back and say this is what we're talking about today we're going to talk about how to feel comfortable in sales because if you're starting a business you're certainly going to be the head salesperson but also frankly everybody has to be salesy in some way you're always selling yourself even if you're applying for a job yep you're the product and a lot of people think that sales is very dirty and they want to have nothing to do with it or it makes them punch nail holes into their hands. <laughs> and so I'm excited to talk through this with you because you are feeling super anxious about this. I am there participating in these calls. And also I have gone through over the last number of years a journey in being more comfortable about sales because I do a lot of sales for a whole lot of my stuff. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Let's do it. But let me go back to, all right, so people can picture this. 
these sales calls that you're describing, that you're destroying your hands over, <laughs> they usually look like, not always, but they usually are, a, it's a Zoom, right? We're usually on a Zoom mm -hmm. and it's you, me, and Morgan, and then somebody from some brand. Uh, that we've reached out to for, you know, sometimes we cold reached out to them. Sometimes we got some intro to them. Mm -hmm. And so we're getting on the call and we don't know if they're going to be interested in us at all. We don't know what they want. Uh, they're, sometimes they're engaged. Sometimes they are very clearly doing this because it's the 17th call of the day and this is their life and they don't really want to be with us. And we just got to be on and selling. And you hate it. I, I hate it. And I have done some in person, too. I I don't have my emotional support humans uh, there <laughs> with me and you and Morgan. I dislike it a lot. You know, I have met a lot of marketers uh, over the years. I've interviewed them. I've been part of uh, groups with them and become friends with them. And, uh, you know, I have built a network whereby... I don't think about it transactionally. I think of it as ultimately over time, like you help me, I help you where it makes sense. And I, I like to be of service. We've talked about this a thousand times. I really do. I, I like to say like, how can I be helpful with you? I ask you for a lot of stuff, but it's like you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. With other people, I'm finding it just so tricky to come out and ask them or do you do this dance right like do you you know reconnect with a cmo that you haven't talked to in five years do you like jump on the phone with them do you try to like you know plan a catch-up session or is that disingenuous because really you want to ask them to help you with some sales thing right or do you get yeah. right into it is that like more respectful of their time what ultimately will yield the best results? I mean, I have this conversation with myself all day long these days. <laughs> so then it sounds like there's two problems. There is the, how do we get into this sales thing in the first place? How do we set it up? How do I get somebody to talk to me? Or how do I get somebody to help me? And then there's the actual, let's make the sale part of it. Yep. Where you're drilling in. And that both of them have their discomforts. Yeah. And I think you and I and Morgan have been on calls where we've tried to figure out this choreography and like we are polishing it. It's still very much, you know, a work in progress as everything is. And some of the first ones we had, like, we came up with decks and offerings and like a presentation and we practiced a presentation. And then we decided that that was like a little too much of a hard sell. Mm -hmm. And so you actually were a big advocate in the soft sale, right? Yes. So, okay, let's just orient. We'll take the second part first here, which is the actual sale. And then I guess we'll go back and we'll talk about asking people to just like set up these calls because that's a whole other thing. Yeah. You're like, you have a lot of problems right now. I'm going <laughs> to organize your thoughts. Yeah. No, so you're, yeah, you're so anxious about it that we're just jumping all over the place. But, th but this is good because this is ultimately the thing. When people think about sales, what they think about is I'm in front of somebody. I need to get them to appreciate what I do or to commit to something. And how do I do that? And there are a lot of different approaches. Some people are really good at it. They are the sales shark. They're going to come in and they're going to ABC it, always be closing. And then there are other people who take a totally different approach and they 
are more casual and they let the potential client come to them. And so we've tried both. We've tried, here's the deck. We're going to give you a presentation. Here's a whole thing, razzle dazzle. And then we've also tried, oh, tell us what you're interested in and let us tell you about how that is exactly what we do. And But it's all casual. We're not going to send you a whole thing. Nobody wants a whole thing. Let me tell you by way of getting to why I advocate for the softer sell, um, how I got there for myself. Because, and I don't know if I've told you this, but I was deeply uncomfortable selling anything. But it wasn't until I started speaking for money that I then had to get on the phone with people and try to convince them to hire me and then also give them a price that they would pay. And that was so uncomfortable for me. I hated it. And as a result, do you remember what I did? Because we talked about this at the time. You hired an agent? Well, I did do that later. No, back then, I just undercut myself. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were like, I'll just come for $5. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I, I was like, I, I it, like I had a number in my head. And then as we were talking, I would just undercut myself and give them half of that number because I just felt so obnoxious asking them for money. And the turn came when I started to watch how people did it to me because I realized that I have a lot of people pitching me all the time. And I realized that the people who are really, really good at it don't make it feel like a sales pitch. And that's because in their heads, they are not thinking of it as a sales pitch. In their heads, they are thinking of it as value. Like they have something of value and it is therefore their responsibility to get it to me. Because I need the thing. I have a problem. They have a solution. They need to get it to me. That's their job. They are doing me a favor. And whether or not that's always true, who knows? Who cares? The point is that they're thinking about it that way. And therefore, that's giving them this sense of calm and purpose. Mm -hmm. So before I go further, I'm curious. I mean, you are very proud of what we're doing here. So proud. You surely believe that a brand working with us is of benefit to the brand. Yeah, you're welcome, guys. So what is going on in your head so that even though you are thinking that when you're actually making the pitch, you're still uncomfortable about it? Because we're at a point where we're not entrepreneur, right? So like you can go into sales meetings in your other life and people know what Entrepreneur Magazine is. It has been around you get it. Also, if you didn't totally get it, like you understand the concept of the name and what a magazine is, right? <laughs> We're like kind of creating a category. And so we are going to crush it, obviously. Crushing it. And yet, like, we still need to explain what we're doing. So I want to balance that with also the idea of why I am doing this, right? Because... We've talked about this before, like on CNBC, when you'd have fund managers on all the time, like, why are you on this show when you should be running a business or actually making the money that you're saying you're making? So, like, why am I on the call? Mm -hmm. Why am I selling something? I host some shows. I like I'm supposed to be doing a lot of other things. Right. So I, I'm like struggling with this narrative of, hey, this is the product. 
I am here because I care about the product, but I promise you we're also doing 10,000 other things defying space-time continuum. So it's like a bunch of balances that's giving me a mental breakdown. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, who, who are we? Why are we here? Why should you pay attention to us? Why are you spending your time with us? Why am I on this call? It's a lot. So these days on speaking, I do, I work with an agency. And so that means that the agency will bring me deals or they'll reach out and say, hey, we just got this client for you. And last week, one of the agents at my agency reached out and she said, hey, this is very rare, very in all caps. She's like, very rare. But can you take a call with a potential client? And the reason is because They've been considering a lot of speakers, and it's now down to two, you and someone else, and they want to have calls with the speakers, and I, the, the other speaker is going to take a call. So if you don't, I think we're at a disadvantage. So we're like, really sorry to ask for your time. So we took the call last week. On Tuesday of this week, got the news, got the gig, because I got on the phone with them, and I sold them, soft sold, and... Then I emailed my main agent at my agency and I said, hey, this thing just happened. Here's what I want you to know. Please tell everybody. I will take the call. Like any time, like even if you're just pitching me, put me on the phone. I want to be on the phone with them because I will close the business. And he responded and he said, I passed this around to everybody. Everyone went crazy for it. Thank you. We are going to do this. No other speaker requests to do this. Um, most speakers don't even want to get on the phone with a client ever. And that's when I realized, oh, my competitive advantage is that I am willing to be accessible. Because the thing is that we are always up against bigger competitors. At my agency, there are more successful, more famous speakers that get more business than me. And for Money News Network, this podcast network that produces the show that we're talking about, there are other competitors, there are larger networks out there. And those networks have names uh, that people have heard of <laughs> because they've been out in the, in the for a long time. And so you don't have to explain in the way that you're saying one of the things that gives you anxiety is that you have to explain what we're doing because we're brand new. So, okay, cool. But what do we have that they don't have? Like we've now established what they have that we don't have, but what do we have that they don't have? In speaking, what I have is my willingness to get on the phone. Why? I don't know, because I guess I'm not enough of an ego hotshot that I won't do it because maybe I'm not making enough money to have created ego hotshotness. And so uh, I'll do it. And here, the competitive advantage is that the founder is going to get on the phone on these pitches. And also that, you know, maybe those other networks, they already, they do so much business that everything that they do is going to be just like slotted in and whatever. If you want to pay, pay the money, that's awesome. They'll take your ad, but not over here. Over here, our competitive advantage is that we're going to be super creative and you have our attention. If you want to work with us and you got the whole team's attention, we're all on the call and we're all going to talk to you and we're all going to make something awesome together. And that isn't going to work for everybody because some brands aren't going to want that, but it's going to work for the brands that are going to want to work with us at this stage of growth. And when you think of it like that, then everything that you're doing that may feel different from what other people are doing can be framed as a competitive advantage. And then that's exactly the kind of attitude that you want to have on that sales call because you are there to help them. Stick around. Help Wanted will be right back. 
Money rehabbers, you have money hidden in your house. Yeah, just hiding there in plain sight. Okay, so I don't mean you have gold bars hidden somewhere in walls, treasure map style, but you do have a money-making opportunity that you're just leaving on the table if you're not hosting on Airbnb. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. By hosting your space, you are monetizing what you already own. It doesn't get easier than that. For me, hosting on Airbnb has always been a no-brainer. When I first signed up, I remember thinking to myself, self, you pay a lot of money for your house. It is time that house returned the favor. And to get real with you for a sec, I felt so much guilt before treating myself on vacation because traveling can be so expensive. But since hosting on Airbnb, I feel zero stress for treating myself to a much needed vacation because having Airbnb guests stay at my house when I'm traveling helps offset the cost of my travel. So it's such a win-win. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Do you ever get FOMO, fear of missing out? Well, do you ever get FOMO Tupita, fear of missing out on the perfect hire? If so, I have the antidote. It's LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites, and that adds up to a serious squad of awesome candidates. LinkedIn has over a billion professionals on the platform, and these candidates are super qualified. So much so that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. I work with LinkedIn Jobs for all of my dream team needs, so they're hooking up money rehabbers at linkedin.com slash MNN. Go there and you can post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash MNN, as in Money News Network, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Help Wanted. Let's get to it. Well, here's the thing. So I also join those sales calls sometimes when I need to close like a speaking thing or a TV thing or a something else. And I do great. Yeah. And like that gives me negative anxiety. And this also felt super transferable, right? Because I have all of the tools in the toolbox or the shed or the whatever. <laughs> and so it's it's really surprising me that I'm running up against this stumbling block. Yeah. I would like to use this as stepping stone and all of those other great metaphors. But um, it's surprising me because I have done sales calls like that. Totally knocked it out of the park. Not put my nails in my hands at all. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't know what exactly the difference is. Is it the stakes? Yeah. For some of those calls, like, did I need to do another speech? No. And I think people know that, right? Like, I'm like, cool. Like, I'll do it. Like, you're welcome. Like, I don't need to. I've done 10,000 <laughs> other speeches. Like, do I need this money too? Like, it's nice. Like, it's not gonna, it's not make or break for me. But for this, it feels more make or break. Even though it, it's not rationally, it just feels like there's more on the line. Yeah. And I know that like people can smell that. Maybe they, I don't know. What do you, how do you think I do? I think that you do great. Uh, the actually, I would say that if I had a note for you, and I, now I guess I do, the note for you on those calls is to talk more because you tend to hang back on those calls, and you let Morgan and I, primarily Morgan, do the bulk of the talking. Which is fine, but I know that you have a lot to say and that you're very convincing and that you understand this audience that we're serving incredibly well. And 
So it has struck me actually that you are often quieter on these calls than I thought that you would be. And I now I understand why I think is because you're just like sitting there <laughs> digging nails into hand. One of the things you might want to do is to stop thinking about the stakes as it relates to each individual call. Like the stakes are high for success of the whole enterprise. You've invested a lot in this. But that doesn't mean that every single call has high stakes because you know, as well as I do, as well as anybody else in sales, that most pitches are going to go nowhere. Most calls are going to result in zero business. And that's just the nature of it. So if that's the case, then what are the stakes really of taking a call that statistically is not going to work out, right? It's like, I'm going to get on the call with this brand and statistically, they are not going to make a purchase. That's not because it's this business. That's because it's any business because, because you make a call and people hear you out and then nothing happens and that's business. So if that's the case, then the stakes are actually quite low for everyone. And you, 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 know, you breeze in and you do your thing and it's a volume game. And the problem would be if you only have one phone call uh, booked for the whole month and something better happen with that call. But that's not the case. We're taking lots of calls. And so in that way, I understand that the stakes feel high because you, you, want, you want some wins and every call is an opportunity to get a win. But if we think about it in a different way, every call is just the march forward towards the win, right? It's like, if I have to call 15 people for every victory, well, then just can, can somebody just get me on the phone with 15 people? Just like, let's, let's just do this. How many, let's book the calls so that I could talk to 15 people so I can get to the win. Is it 14 of them are going to ignore me? I don't know which one it's going to be, but let's just do it. And I think that has to be the attitude. Yeah. I also think that I feel more guilty, perhaps, or responsibility because I'm roping you in. I'm roping Morgan in. Like the calls mm -hmm. that you take, you know, to close your deals and the ones that I've done, like it's only it's been me. It's not serious. And now I'm just like, well, there's more folks here. Yeah. Fuck. Like I before <laughs> it was just me just blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, kind of like cuckoo personalities, like do really well in entertainment stuff anyway. And here it doesn't feel like that here. It feels like, you know, there are a bunch of buttoned up folks. This is like the corporate land has not really been my land. Mm -hmm. And now we have Morgan doing digital arts and crafts, making decks. You, <laughs> you know, doing your like soft sell vibe, which, you know, you have a lot of other calls to do throughout the day. So you're taking your time to do this call. And so I'm just like, I, I feel bad. Then I feel like pressure and responsibility. And so it's like this big mind fuckery that goes on with me as I approach these deals. The answer is that we're just, we're, we're in, you know, like we're in. I'll speak for me, but I know I speak for Morgan. Just excited to do this with you and to build this. And I know it's going to be hard. Like, I think that part of the, possibly part of the problem for you is that you feel like you're asking us to do these things, right? You're like Morgan, who is an amazing editorial mind is now also like running sales calls and making sales decks and stuff. That's like, you know, different from the first things that you guys did together. We were like making great podcasts. And then me, uh, yeah, like I have other things on the calendar. Um, and so this is like an extra call in the day or whatever. But I understand that signing up for this wasn't signing up for 
quick money and that signing up for this was really like a bet on the idea and the team and you. And that is not a bet that I expect to pay off immediately. That's a long-term thing. And so I don't need, if like, I feel like part of the anxiety there is, ugh, I'm asking Jason to join, to like clear out his calendar for, I mean, we did this this morning, right? I mean, like, you know, you just so for, for context for people, you and I are talking at 2 p.m. right now on a Thursday. And uh, this morning at 1030 in the morning, we were on a call with a brand. 730 my time. 730 your time. Right. Yeah. right. So very early to get that call. You had asked a, a friend uh, who, who we both know to like help set that call up. And then we did. And, you know, it was fine. It, is it going to lead to any business? Who knows? It was a half an hour of, of us talking to somebody who may or may not be interested. Who knows? And um, and I want you to know that I have zero expectation for a specific ROI on that half hour of my life. Like, I don't. I'm joining that call because I want to join a lot of calls because like, I want to be on this journey. And that it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a whole lot of ups and downs. And that's just fine. That's just what it is. Because that's what it means to start a business. And so I know that you're thinking these things have to turn into something so that I don't feel like I'm wasting other people's time. But I think that, well, it's really great to have this conversation because I didn't know that was in your head. So now you can know that like my, and I'm sure, I'll sp- again, I'll just speak for Morgan, time horizon here is long. And also I know that like right now it's a startup. It's hard to sell things when you're a startup. It's hard to convince people to work with you when you don't have a long track record of the thing that you're you're building. And that sometimes the thing that that like is required is going through the process of pitching over and over and over again. I've heard this from so many entrepreneurs that they had to pitch a hundred times before they figured out how to talk about themselves in a way that was relatable and relevant to the client that they were reaching out to. And uh, and then like then once they figured that out, then like things changed. And I just see it that way. To go back to speaking again, I, I on my book tour, quote unquote, w- w- when my book came out, I booked a whole lot of colleges. They would buy books and then I would show up. And sometimes I would show up and there would be a room full of college kids. And sometimes I would show up and there would be like four college kids. And that sucked because I like spent half a day traveling there. Um, but you know what I thought? So first of all, I, I did think I, it's good. It's just me. It would be very embarrassing to have brought somebody along to this. But again, to go back to this thing that I said a bit ago about like the number of calls you have to take. Literally, here's what I what I told, what I kept telling myself. It's a very good line, even if it's a lie. Who knows? Is like there is a certain number of empty rooms that I have to stand in in my life before all the rooms are full. And I don't know what that number is. Is that number seventy five? Is that number three hundred? Like I don't know what that number is. But whatever it is, every time I'm in an empty room, it's one less. Like it's one less empty room that I have to be in. And uh, and that has been helpful um, because it's just like, this is the stage of the journey that I'm in. I'm in the stage of the journey right now where sometimes I show up and it's a room full of people and sometimes I show up and it's not. And that's what it means to build something. So that's what you're doing. And you find partners who understand that and who are like bought in, not on the idea that like the next phone call is going to buy them a car, but that the next phone call is just the next phone call. So like, I kind of want to cry. Like my, my throat is like 
getting crinkly, but I have lashes <laughs> on and I have like two other interviews after this. So I really don't <laughs> want to cry, but I love my lashes more than you. So, okay, that's fine. So then why don't I just keep talking about sales so that this doesn't have to get emotional. So, but I appreciate that. I will take whatever emotion that was. So here's the other thing that I found when I'm on sales calls, I didn't realize that I was doing this. I say this thing when I'm pitching people. Tell me the thing. Yeah. I didn't notice the thing until I was. I had to take a call. I had to take a sales call in a car. And I had a friend in the car who um, works at Google. And she was very interested in this call. And as soon as I got off the phone, she said, I was so interested in this line that you said. And the line that I say is, if we decide to work together. Mm. I wasn't conscious about that. But that's what I say when I'm pitching people. Mm. If we decide to work together, which is to say, I know that you're making a decision. Eh, frankly, I'm making a decision too. And I I like that because I don't want them to feel like they're in a position where I'm putting them on the spot or that I like need it from them. I want them to feel like the thing that I am here to do is to make everyone's lives better. And maybe that means that you're going to have me at your event and I'm going to do really well for your audience. Maybe that means that I, you know, I, I want to be at your event. I don't know. We'll find out. We're going to talk. We're going to have a conversation. Eh, we'll, we'll make a decision. Yeah, it's like dating, right? Yeah. You come across as being real thirsty. <laughs> right. Yeah, if we decide to be together, right? Like, it's not like if you decide to be with me. It's like, it's, it's a team effort. Yeah, right. Because that's, because that's actually a point of leverage that you lose. Mm-hmm. If every time you go out on a date, your presentation is basically... You know, like, I am here. It is your choice. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. That's not sexy. That has been a good mental softness for me. Like, I'm going to come in. I'm going to tell you how good I am. I, I am. I'm going to be very clear about that. I'm going to do it in the context of I want to understand what your needs are. This is how I always do it, right? This is why when we were planning these sales calls, I suggested that we start by asking the client like what they're up to and like what their priorities are, uh, which is just something that I heard the sales team and entrepreneur do that I just started to repeat. But I do it on the, I do it on the, the speaking calls too, because they'll tell me. And then once they tell me, I can start to, instead of just telling them how great I am, I can tell them how I fulfill exactly the thing that they're looking for. And then it's on me to figure out how to speak that in a really intelligent way and to understand their needs and to have the right like anecdotes and to pick up on their vibe and try to like connect with them. But that's why then I want to say, you know, if we decide to work together, because the point of this is when we're on a call, we're, we're here to build something together, right? Even if it's a little thing, we're here to build something together. This is not me asking for money and this is not me hoisting myself upon you. This is, we're going to build something together. And that's how I want them to feel. So that's why I like the soft sell. And that's why that's like my attitude going into these things. I got verklempt because it's really nice to work with you. You too. And to be on the journey with you. I, nobody else I would want to journey with. So let's go sell some fucking stuff. Help Wanted is a production of Money News Network. Help Wanted is hosted by me, Jason Pfeiffer. And me, Nicole Lappin. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. If you want some help, email our helpline at helpwanted at moneynewsnetwork.com for the chance to have some of your questions answered on the show. And follow us on Instagram at Money News and TikTok at Money News Network for exclusive content and to see our beautiful faces. Maybe a little dance? Oh, I didn't sign up for that. All right. Well, talk to you soon. Thank mm-hmm. you.